About 20 years ago, a little girl wandered onto the veldt to see the ruins. When a gallant infiltrator came to her rescue, her heart was ensnared. Not by her daring hero, but by the artificial soldier they battled. It had been made by human hands, she thought, and she looked down at her own tiny fingers. Yesterday, in her quest to learn the effects of extreme heat on stone structures, she became the latest addition to the vault of the demon called the Radiant Prince, and her rescuers forgot all about her. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. I'm your host and GM, Kat. Hi. Kat keeps asking us to do things when it's too hot. Summer's just starting, my dude. Look, it's it's method acting. We're in the middle of the jungle right now. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do, man? Go on strike till September? I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Look, my backlog is not quite that long. Oh, and I'm the worst, Kirsten. Hello. <laughs> yes, Kirsten is here. She's the pits. That was Nick. Uh, Nick is g- considering going on strike. And you also heard Kathleen. That was, and we've done some real doozies, our worst intro ever. <laughs> Look, it's, I'm trying real hard, but it's, I'm slowly melting into my chair here. It's, it's, it's a very warm one out today, everybody. Mm. <laughs> it is aggressively warm, let's put it that way. So, listeners, I need to take you aside for a moment, and you need to understand how hard it is not to edit in some Santana right now. Oh. <laughs> it's real uh, hard. I don't want to fall afoul of the copyright police. Mm. No, they'll come for us. But at the same time, Nick did state that it was a hot one. Mm. And can I ask, um, approximately how far from the sun do you feel like it is? No. and that was a crime. So, speaking of crimes, um, last time you guys went into the jungle to find a shrine known as Escape Route of the South Wind, which has been abandoned for some time. In there, you found a noble demon calling himself the Radiant Prince and his, uh, I mean, Cop referred to them as feathered baguettes, his retinue of baguettes. He demanded tribute, and Penelope offered the party uh, as tribute. I and had a performance. Tissa, Tissa managed to weave a spell capable of convincing the prince to rethink. It was a beautiful spell, I gotta say. And then you left the temple. Yep. I think specifically Tissa just ran the fuck away from the temple. Oh yeah, no, Tissa bolted. And I think we ended where Tissa had the realization, like, oh, no, we totally left someone there. There was mention of another human tribute. Mm-hmm. And that's where we leave you guys. So now my question is, uh, what are you uh, what are you guys going to do about that? <sighs> I don't want to go back there. I feel like unequipped to to talk to a demon prince as shown our first 
time we step foot there, uh, not the best at negotiating. Um, so Tissa's kind of leaning on her spear a bit um, and like sort of decidedly not looking at the shrine and goes, uh, hey, big guy, have you paid a ransom before? Personally, it's usually the other way around, but... Uh, you think demon princes are into ransoms? Well, I don't know much about if they're into ransoms or not, but if he's that interested in, like, trinkets and stuff, we might be able to trade with him. We are most likely, though, going to have to lie a whole lot because I am pretty certain we don't really have anything that he's going to want to trade for that. <sighs> but he doesn't know that. Um. Hmm. And what do we have? I mean, we know what's going to happen if I try. I'm just going to end up making an offer of us again, so... <laughs> One thing I'm going to say, guys, is because it has been a while, um, feel free to ask me about the descriptions of the place that I gave last time. Mm, that might be helpful. Let's get uh, our heads back into what uh, the temple was like. Okay. So Escape Route of the South Wind is a one-floor structure surrounded by stone walls and lava flats. An overgrown garden with an enormous tree dotted with white star-shaped flowers shadows the shrine and a path of stepping stones peeks out of the carpet of vegetation. When you got in, it was more or less a linear path to the altar where the Radiant Prince is seated. You remember a vault with just a beam of sunlight coming in and glinting off countless treasures. You couldn't see very deep into it because just the door was open to you. Hmm. So who of us here is good at... At survival in this area. Is, are any of us? No. Are any of us even remotely outdoorsy? Tissa's outdoorsy, but not in the jungle. I've got, yeah, I've got, like, probably as much survival as anyone else has here, but, like... Yeah, I've got survival, but it's boreal, so... What are the spell pieces around here, Cap? The spell pieces here are vivid... Ancient, color, spine, and danger. And Tissa was able to feel around and find the spell piece haunt. Hmm. Mechanically, the thing that I've got that I don't know how to use, but um, if we want to, depending on how we want to play it, if we want to do like a jailbreak kind of scenario, is wandering maguses have a thing that's called ether tie, which means that I can know the location of a uh, consenting creature. So, like, if one of us got on the inside and we were trying to, like, bust out somehow, I would know the location of everybody. Not that that's necessarily useful. Because the one thing that I am thinking, that I don't know if Cobb would be thinking, is this This is lava flats, right? Mm-hmm. The back center, the back portion of the shrine is lava flats. Well, it's not quite flat, flat. It's come down the slopes to either side. But yeah, it's, it's lava plains. Okay, so I'm just, 
I am wondering if there are lava tubes nearby. Mm. Because I know, like, the, what's their name? Um, the Daleth here lives in, like, basically a bunch of lava tubes. Yeah, volcanic Shafeng. Yeah, Shafeng lives in a bunch of lava tubes, so I was just wondering if the lava tubes maybe extend out this far. This whole area is incredibly, like, volcanically active, so... Mm. Also, another thing I was thinking of is um, if there's obsidian. There's obsidian that comes from lava, or, like, right? I think... Yeah. yeah. Obsidian is a volcanic byproduct. Um... And then I do have some tinkering, so could make something out of the obsidian that might be kind of of interest. You'd have to hunt for some. Hmm. Obsidian is is like a high high pressure, high heat sort of thing, so it's not like obsidian just rolls out of the rolls out of the volcano or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's it just because we're in a lava field doesn't mean there's also an obsidian field. There can be an obsidian field. Like those do exist, like on the surface. In fact, I've I've been to some of the obsidian fields out in Eastern Oregon. They're very pretty. Hmm. Yeah. Don't fall down. No, no, don't fall down. Yeah. They are still a giant field of glass. Hey. You'll get an owie. You will get many owie. Mm, I mean, I'm still up for making something. It seems like there's lots of treasures in there, but maybe if we make something that's like different. It might be like the novelty. We kind of just waltz in there and be like, hey, RP, check out our cool arts and crafts show. (laughs) (laughs) That's very charming. I'm charmed by that. We're like the new kid in town. We got Moxie. (laughs) And that's the thing. You know what? Like, they don't really recognize human beings as sentient, mm. but wow, do they respect their moxie. <laughs> it's the one thing. Well, Penelope, Tissa, I do have an idea. If Tissa, you said that you can locate people, yes? Mm. Well, I was thinking, because I kind of want to go rummage around in there a little bit myself, that if I head back, get myself interred in the in the vault. There was light coming through, so it's not in a, like, it's not somewhere else. I don't know how demons work, if they can do that, but the point is it's, there is an obvious underground, and we could be able to meet up elsewhere. And again, if there are lava tubes around here, there might be a, uh, might be some way to get out of there. So you're thinking like jailbreak? I'm definitely thinking that we might be able to uh, to jailbreak, assuming the Radiant Prince doesn't spend all of his time counting his gold, which it didn't certainly seem like he does. Of course, I don't, I don't know how miserly and or uh, accountantly he is. Mm. But the vault was the vault was open. Yes, we could see into it. Yeah. So if. The person is inside, how visible. I guess we didn't see them when we looked in, but we couldn't see in very far. Tissa's just been kind of like wandering off in the distance. Um, I'm going to roll understanding. How do noble demons spend their time? I got two successes. Generally speaking, noble demons are just like completely alien to people. They don't 
make a lot of sense. The noble demons that have been observed and that have had stories told about them are kind of like ghost stories where they're kind of continually doing the same thing or they're engaged in a certain behavior that they're just compelled into. Mm. But yeah, their behavior seems more like a ghost story than like a person. Compelled? Hmm. Well, if if he's like any other greedy individuals that I've come across in my time, at least those who hoard their wealth, maintaining that hoard is probably pretty high up on his list of things that he can do. Maybe we can convince him that we can help him, I don't know, hang on to it? You think you could convince him that you're a guard dog? I could at least convince him enough to let me in there again. And then I'm sure if I just said to close the door behind me, he probably would do so and then leave, seeing as he kind of wanted to do that in the first place. Yeah, I don't think it would be hard to get back. Um, You you really want to go back in there? Hmm. I've broken out of jail before. Let's just put it that way. So what? Okay. Oh, wait, no. I, I need to. I need to step in here. Let's just put it that way. Is something you say after a euphemism? <laughs> Look, Cobb is not exactly certain what a euphemism is, <laughs> but he's pretty certain it's when you're very happy. You know what? Great. Yes. Love it. Okay. So. Is this your guys' plan? What are the tunnels like underneath Cobb? He we said... Do we well, does not know. We don't know. We'll, uh... We can work it out as we go along. Like, get ourselves in there and then figure it out from there? No, you- no. I will get into the vault and then Tissa can figure out where we are. I'll find our mark and then... That's about as far as I've gotten it, but I'm sure we'll figure something out. So once you're in there, Tissa's going to figure out where you guys are in relation to us. If they can get out, then we can follow them as they get out. If they can't get out, oh, uh, we should probably know a way to find if you can't get out, huh? Like, I, I can know where you are, but I don't know if you can tell me things. Well, if worse comes to worse, um, you can always go get a shovel. (laughs) Well, I don't know if I've done dumber things, but I don't have a better plan right now. Well, usually I'm the one digging up buried treasure, not being the buried treasure, but... Mm. I don't know how much longer our our friend is going to last down there. At the very least, it might be good to get a better... I don't think that demons understand having to feed humans... Per se, I'm not sure. Very good point. Uh, Okay. Um, So Tissa grabs Cobb's shoulders and kind of like, um, I don't know. Kat, help me figure out what Ether Tie looks like, if it looks like anything. It's uh, It's like sight jacking from Siren, for all of you out there who played the game Siren which I'm sure is none of you. Well, no, I take it back. I'm sure a couple of you probably played Siren. Okay. So, um, Ether Tie is a party action, which means it costs a memory point to use. And, you know, 
it doesn't look like much because there's more to what's happening here than parlor tricks and than magic. What's happening is a wandering Magus learns to find Hector by feeling Hector's effect on the other Daleths and on the life around him. And an expert can even extend that same senses to other beings. So what's happening is because to some extent, Tissa knows Cobb, they have memories together. And thus, Tissa can recognize what Cobb feels like ethereally, I guess. And if they're separated, it's a matter of leveraging that memory. Well, I mean, like, we've we've cast a chord together. So, like, there's probably a bit of intermingling of essences that has happened. Yeah. I think, like, Tissa, you get that really strong scent of salt air. That's when, you know, you're, you're keyed into, you're keyed into Cobb. Hmm. Uh, okay. Okay. Well... I'll at least be able to keep track of you. All right, that's great. And then, like, Cobb takes off his knapsack and uh, grabs um, a little bit of water and food, like, just in case extra. Well, wish me luck. I'm going to go see if I can't get a job as a as a security guard. Good luck, Cobb. Good luck, Cobb. So before we follow Cobb into the shrine... Um, is there anything Tissa and Penelope are doing? Are they going to wait here for Cobb? Are they going to find another location? We only have, what, three left in the survival pool? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Because I was just wondering, there was mention of shovels. (laughs) (laughs) I think we ought to post up outside somewhere. I don't think that Tissa wants to get too close because she's not sure, like, what counts as the Radiant Prince's, like, zone. Mm. Just as a reminder, Escape Route of the South Wind is a shrine situated between two low mountains, one of which is an active volcano. Mm -hmm. So in back of it, there's a, a valley that has been swallowed by a big old black lava plane that comes up to actually touch the shrine. Okay. But the shrine is kind of at the mouth of this valley. All right. Is there, like, anything to climb, like, sort of around it? Oh, yeah. Like, you could climb these hills. They're not particularly steep. Okay. Would it probably be okay to just, like, sort of walk past the shrine? I mean, you're going to want to make me some rolls because uh, the prince's courtiers are milling around looking for presents to bring him. How about understanding navigation? Okay. That sounds good to me. Uh, does this count as an arid environment? It doesn't. It, uh, it does not. Uh, three successes. Three successes is fine. You take a look at it and you kind of recognize a nice route that's concealed from the prying eyes of weird little doe creatures. So you guys are heading up until the hills? Sounds good. I think that that's our best play. And yeah, Polly's stoked about this plan because this is a plan that doesn't involve inside, something that she's notoriously bad at. Mm-hmm. Polly didn't like that shrine. Couldn't get in. So, Cobb. Cobb, Cobb time. Cobb is here. Cobb is here. 
Cobb goes back into shrine. And are you going just straight to the altar room? Yeah, no, Cobb is going to just kind of waltz in like like he owns the place. So when you get to the altar room, you find that the altar hasn't returned to its place. It's sitting near the door, and the Radiant Prince is looking at the wall. Oh, your highness, still here? Oh, you're still here. What have you brought me? So I was thinking, your highness, you have uh, an awful lot, uh, a very vast collection, very... um, Very nice, very wonderful. But something that I've been in my travels have noticed is that you always want to make sure that 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 collection is is doing well. So, I have brought you myself. Oh. Someone to look after and make sure that everything is still there. How unexpected. I've had, well, I'm not going to say that I've had stranger jobs, but, you know, I'm always... uh, looking for honest employment. And the prince nods absently. I don't think the prince really considers this like a negotiation that's occurring, because just kind of motions back. Cobb is mostly just lying his ass off here. But he's doing so with confidence. So if he's telling a lie... Cobb is obviously basically just like, buttering him up to, to let him open the vault so Cobb can poke around inside and find what's-her-name. Here's, here's the thing. If there was an actual difficulty on this, I would absolutely make you roll subtlety. I would do it. But there's not a difficulty to this. He just wants to put things in the vault. So he gestures back, and the vault door opens. He's like, there you go. In the vault. Thank you, boss. I'll do you proud. And Cobb steps into the vault. Okay, and the door closes behind you. The room you find yourself in is sunlit. It is dusty. There are no feathers here, but it is just full-on Ariel's Horde, like a collection of all kinds of things. There are vases, some probably as old as the shrine itself, some objects that clearly have come from the city in recent years, There is a hole in the ceiling. Probably big enough that an average person could fit through it. Through that hole, you can see the waving of those star-shaped white flowers on the tree in the back. There are weapons, many of them old, many of them designed in ways that boggle a modern mind. There are, of course, coins. There are obviously coins. And in the corner, there is a person. She is not particularly large. Probably stands a little over five feet. and Not particularly broad either. She has skin the color of sand and long, fluffy brown hair. And she is wearing a loose-fitting blouse patterned with bright pink flowers. And she is staring intently at a portion of the wall that is lit by this sunbeam. Yes, uh, hello? (laughs) And she kind of, she starts and she spins around suddenly and cocks her head at you. And she looks at you for a brief moment, the way a monkey looks at a stick. Um, oh dear, you've also been, um, acquired. Uh, let's... I prefer the term employed. 
is the demon going to pay you? I don't know if he knows that or not, but uh, we're working on that. Hmm. I see. And you can tell by the tone in her voice that she does not. Um. She holds out her her little hand to you. And then stops, shakes her head, uh, steps back a moment, and salutes. She introduces herself as Clara Gaius Ascendant, Engineer Corps, Aurora Legion. Ah, yes. And you are? People call me Cobb. I'm uh, here at the behest of your boss, Marcus. Oh, Commander Whitstown. Uh, yes, the commander. And she seems to wilt a little. He's, um, probably mad, huh? Well, I think he's more worried than anything, but, uh, I am here to get you out of this. Oh. Oh, I suppose I was trapped. Oh. A little bit. I hadn't thought of that. How long have you been down here? Do you need food or water? Mm. Because I do have some. Mm. What time is it? Noon? Mm. Ish? So, like, I guess since last night? Oh. Uh, that's that's a little while here, and, and Cobb tosses her a little, like, his, one of his water flasks. At the very least, you know, rehydrate yourself. I'm not in this scene, but I'm going to interrupt to say that it's not, it's it's Switchel. Oh, it is. That's right. Huh? He didn't. Cobb didn't bring water. He brought his his terrible pirate energy drink. <laughs> oh shit! You're right. So so she takes a drink, and for a second she doesn't notice. Like she she thanks you. Like I thought I was having trouble focusing, and then she just freezes. I know it's the good stuff, right? <laughs> Thank you very much for the drink. And she just hands it back to you. All right. First order of business, we need to find where the exit is, other than Cobb looks up at the ceiling. Well, maybe. Cobb is actually going to head over to the the hole in the ceiling and sort of yell up, Hey, Penelope! Tissa, can you, can you hear me up there? All right. Guys, roll me sensitivity, I guess, um... I want to say sensitivity to humanity. Okay. One success. Ooh, no successes. So, um, Tissa, you hear you hear a faint voice from the direction of the shrine. No, because if they don't hear that, Cobb's going to start playing the accordion. Well, it sounds like he made it in. Hmm. Good. Um, there's a hole in the top. <gasps> there's a hole in the top. Dear Eliza. Eliza? Oh no, my rope is in the... But your rope is in the thing. Yes. There's a hole in the top. We could have made a rope ladder. Dear Eliza? <laughs> <laughs> but but he, he and they, I think, are in there. They could toss it out. Oh yeah. yeah. Tessa, you can, you can tell, by the way, that Cobb is in the back area of the shrine. All right, so that they're like, in the back. Looking down on the area that uh, the tree is shading, 
you can tell that Cobb is there. Okay. Hey, Red, can you let them know that we heard them somehow? Woohoo! Woohoo! Cobb just kind of looks back to, uh... Clara. To Clara, yes. Either either an owl or Penelope heard us. One of the two. Woohoo! Probably Penelope sings. It's a little too early for owls. <laughs> oh, I guess it is, huh? And Clara has been since uh, since you mentioned that it was time to leave, just kind of looking around the room. So what have you been doing down here anyways? Oh, um, studying. Can't you take rubbings or something and we can go? What? Um, no, obviously not. Look, look, look. And she, she waves you over to the wall that she was studying in the beam of sunlight. Cobb takes a look at it, assuming it is either A, pictographs, or B, a language he can read, which is probably only one of them and poorly at that. Look what the heat has done to this stone. You cannot, by the way, tell what the heat has done to this stone. Yes, we are near a lava field. This shrine was once half swallowed up by lava, which means it's an excellent place to study the effects of extreme temperatures on materials, particularly the indigenous granite. And why would we want to do that? Because... Understanding the effects of extreme temperatures on building materials, particularly the indigenous granite, will lead us to a better understanding of how to construct buildings to avoid failures in extreme temperatures. That sounds useful. Mm. And Cobb is just kind of nodding and and fake smiling as hard as he can. Mm-hmm. But look, if you really like building things, uh, we got a book for Marcus, that's full of all sorts of cool things to build. Yeah, I think... So it's true? I think you'll really... What is what true? I don't... The book is full of... I, I don't know. Marcus called them automatons. And she just, like... She immediately just, like, tenses up and turns to completely focus her attention on you as you you allude to this. What, 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 what? what? Yeah. Yeah, I think he called them automatons. Um What? Does, like people made out of metal or something? He said. Yes, 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 yes. So it's true. There was a, there was a, there was a, there was a manual. There was, a, there was a, there was on the, on the, on the, there was on the there ship. Was a, there was a book. You'll have to talk to Marcus f- for the more about it. And more importantly, we need to get out of here because I didn't bring the book. Is with the rest of my stuff, which is with my friends. Hmm. Unfortunately, we will almost certainly not be able to build a load-bearing structure out of the materials in here. Regrettable. Deeply. You wouldn't happen to have a chisel, would you? Oh, no, wait, I do. And she just kind of pulls out a mallet and chisel and starts trying to take chunks out of the wall. Cobb is going to head back to the hole in the ceiling. I, I think she's ready to go, assuming we can figure a way out of here. Okay, uh, can you toss up the rope? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, left, I left my big bag of stuff with you. No, but Penelope left her fucking lasso. I gave my rope as tribute. Oh. Oh, and right. Yeah, lying by the door, there is a length of rope tied into a slip knot at the end. 
Yeah, like, it's look, it's here. Look, All right. Like, look, Can you toss but, it up? I love you to pieces. <laughs> but I hate you so much. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> like how, how like how how deep is is the hole here? Are we talking like is it I could could I throw something up the hole or is it like windy? Like how far underground am I? You're actually not underground. You're still within the um within the one floor structure. You haven't oh. gone down at all. Oh, I thought I was underground. Well, that makes things a lot easier. Basically, there's a sealed chamber behind the altar that the prince just kind of moves stone to access. So in that case, then Cobb will uh, Cobb will huck the rope up. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you for an athletics roll. I think it's high enough that hucking a rope... Nah, you're a sailor. Never mind. You You can huck a rope pretty good. The roof is about... Like Penelope standing on Cobb's shoulders tall. Okay. All right. So, so a decent distance, but still probably. I mean, that's more than you would probably have to do on a ship. But Cobb is a pretty big dude. Yeah, roll me. Roll me some dice. Uh, two successes, one edge success. Okay. Two successes will do it. We don't need to bargain. So, yeah, Penelope, you see uh, the end of your rope just kind of flop under the roof of the shrine. All right. I grab it and I. Uh, well, I think we're still observing. Are you, or did we? Or did you? Some approach at some point? Yeah, you guys are on the hill. Oh, okay. So we're gonna have to head towards. We we head towards the structure. Uh, Rat, do you you want to go with Pollyanna? Oh, that's a good idea. Helicopter style. What's a helicopter? Eh, it's a term I came up for when Pollyanna and I kind of. Hover around. Why? Bye. <laughs> Bye, everyone. I'm leaving. Bye. What you don't realize is Kirsten put all of her points into uh, into engineering. <laughs> <laughs> and that Penelope's last name is Sikorsky. <laughs> I love that there's no joke we could make too highbrow for Kathleen. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Polly, you up for this? Let's, uh, we're going to do a little bit of airlifting. You guys hear a, uh, a sound that sounds like, uh, like chimes. Oh, it's those things. Roll me sensitivity. Ooh, I am very, very bad at that. One success with sensitivity focus. Mm-hmm. No, one success with sensitivity focus will let you definitely feel the presence of a lesser daemon nearby. Oh, I got one success. What were you rolling? Pure sensitivity. <laughs> no, bad. <laughs> you have no clue. Do, 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 do. Uh, so what's the deal with the lesser daemon that we heard? It's just kind of chiming its way around the shrine, as they do. It uh, seems to be walking, well, not walking, but floating in a big old arc. So it's like patrolling? Mm. Okay. Um. So you need to be... I don't, people don't look up very much, but maybe, maybe daemons do. They are patrols. Okay. Um, thank you for, for letting me know. I, um, I will try to, try to ride opposite of what their patrols are. Um, I guess that'd be an adaptability riding, probably. Um... 
or daring writing? I'm not letting you roll daring for that. That's not how it works. Okay. Uh, um. Here's the thing. Oh no, you Tissa's brought your attention to it, so you do know it's there. But I don't know that you've observed it long enough to know what its patrols look like. Okay, so probably adaptability, because I'll have to kind of yeah be think as I'm okay. Yeah, I guess it's adaptability Ooh. writing if you're like trying to um, react to it. Like I guess yeah. it's maybe subtlety writing if you're trying to just like straight up Metal Gear Solid it. Um, yeah. I'll do. I'll try to react to it and um. Two successes. Two successes is good. Two successes is good. You are fairly confident that the little creature has not spotted you as you fly over top. All right. And your rope is kind of flopped out of the hole. Mm -hmm. And there is a great big flowering tree. I'm going to try to attempt to get the rope and attach it securely to the tree so that they can climb out. Okay. Polly can't let, like can't get near the rope cuz the tree the tree is in the way of her wings. Okay. Um the tree is like directly overshadowing this hole. So she'll have to drop me off close to then. In the tree. Mm. Okay. That's a good idea. The roof is a flat surface. Okay. So I'll I'll land on the roof. Okay. And there Roll arose me. such a clatter. <laughs> Roll me riding subtlety. No, 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 no. <laughs> You've activated my trap card. <laughs> ah, a success. Mm. And what to my wandering eyes should appear? There's definitely like um, a big old noise, but a great big doofus riding some sort of deer. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, cup you defo you defo here um the clatter. I mean, not so much like the little like you hear the tip a tap of the cloven hoofs on the roof and then you hear the clump a clump of um the boots upon the roof. <laughs> All right. And Clara looks up and just, "Oh, it wasn't an owl." <laughs> no, it wasn't. You were right. And Cobb just makes a sort of like scrunchy face and just goes, yeah, yeah, I was. I'm going to try to, as quickly as I can, secure the rope to the tree. Okay. Um, the vault door opens. I am going to try and like get Clara on the rope and then head over to the door. Mm. Now it's time for me to remember if I gave Clara athletics. Nope, sure didn't. Well, maybe, maybe Cobb will just sort of, I, I guess he'd be like, can, can you climb this? Um... Um, I can try. I'm also going to kind of help, like, I can help pull the rope a bit to kind of pull her up. And then when she's up, I can drop the rope back down for her. Here's the thing. It's either daring or subtlety, and she's not good at either. Uh, Cobb will, will hook up a little harness for her. If nothing else, you can just pull her out. Okay. With whatever rope, whatever so rigging think- would be. You don't, you don't actually, I don't think you actually have a sailing skill. No. No, not really. I have navigation and I have survival nautical. Yeah, you could use survival nautical for that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do have survival nautical, so we can. Yeah. 
and and I'll help as well pulling the rope up. I'll I'll roll some daring athletics to to help. Okay, give me your rolls, everybody. Two successes, two edge success. Uh, Cobb got two successes. I think between the two of you, you kind of she got zero successes, so she kind of um, like grabs the rope and um, like. You can tell she's stronger than she looks because she can support herself on the rope. And then she seems to have exactly no idea what to do with her hands. And she just kind of scrambles. And then you tie very quickly, I suppose, a very, very quick harness. And um, I'm going to make a couple rolls right now. Roll number one. Roll number two. Okay, so the door opens and the prince is on the other side, sitting as always on the altar, which drags itself along the heavy scraping sound. Did you hear that? The prince asks, casting his eyes around the room. And at this point, Clara has reached the ceiling and is just kind of waiting there. She's, uh, kind of supporting herself now on the edge of the hole. I, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of help her. No. She shakes her head at you when you try to do this, like, uh-uh, no. It's okay. I got you. We'll be okay. Okay, so you pull her up? Yeah. Because the sound of a person going through that hole does make him look up. <gasps> Shit. Probably <laughs> squirrels. They do live around here. So... Um, I can't help but notice that you've done a very bad job, the prince says, and looks up as one of the objects in his vault is being stolen. I motion to Penelope to come as close as she can. I'm going to try to lift uh, Claire up onto Penelope. She's going to, I mean, Pollyanna. (sighs) Polly, she's going to. (laughs) Fun game at home, folks. How many times has this happened? All right. I knew this was gonna happen. <laughs> Do not make a drinking game out of this. Um, I'm gonna lift her up onto Polly. And, like I'm gonna try to. What are you? What are you? And she's like, shush. She's like, what are you doing? Sorry. <sighs> Here, we gotta be fast now. And I like <sighs> lift her up to Polly. And she she does not like just being picked up. By the way, just being unceremoniously picked up is something she does not appreciate. <laughs> Sorry. And I put her on Polly. Hold on. <laughs> I would like to get adaptability athletics rolls from everyone. Including me outside? Not from you outside, Tissa. You just get to watch. I think that Tissa has like her entire hand inside her mouth at this point. <laughs> like sort of jammed under like jammed under a scarf. Like I rolled real bad. Dad got nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Clara also rolled real bad. Okay. Um, because the uh, the roof kind of stops happening. What? The roof slides away. Just completely opening the top of the structure to the, to the sky. And um, you guys both fall in because uh, Clara didn't do good either. Actually, as it opens up, I'm Cobb just kind of turns to the Radiant Prince and went, 
Sorry, what can I say? Once a pirate, always a pirate. And is going to cast Lifting Crew to jump and catch everybody and, like, just fly off. <laughs> um, you've got to use one local spell piece, and we don't have Lifting. Uh, I'm going to reach out to everybody. I could use some help here. The ones you have locally are Vivid, Ancient, Color, Spine, Danger, and Haunt. I have Flying. I have the word Flying. So we're going to go actually then with... Uh, Vivid Flying Wind. Okay. And it's going to pick up a lot of the the gold and other uh, bric-a-brac in this room. Okay. And just in a shower of, of colors and dust and other gigaws. So that's a, that's a memory point uh, for Penelope. And here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to ask of you to scatter for every person you are removing from this situation and an additional scatter for every valuable object you're removing from the situation. <laughs> uh, it, it is going to just be everybody. Cobb does not have that much scatter. He is very sad that he is leaving behind all of this treasure. But he figures he can weasel some extra money out of Marcus. <laughs> okay. That's our cob. So, um, you give a salute to the prince. You uh, inform him that once a pirate, always a pirate. And then just um, a whoosh of... This isn't the usual cob spell. This is vivid. This is a rainbow-colored light emitting from all the rooms, jewels and valuables. And as it surges up out of the open building... It does carry the, the three of you with it. Just in time for the ceiling of the place to slam shut. Just behind you. Oh my. Uh. And it, it carries you guys up to the hill. Uh, no, no time to talk. We're running now. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're, we're, we're leaving. Running. That could have gone better. <laughs> but thank you, Cobb. And anybody who looks like they're, they're lagging behind, Cobb is just going to pick up. <laughs> okay, because Clara is not particularly athletic. And again, but sorry, She does Clara. not like being picked up. <laughs> she will not. And eventually you guys get um, you guys get further away from the shrine and most of the way back to town. And back to just an unremarkable clearing full of tropical flowers and the screaming of tropical birds. Bob is, is heavily panting. A... You all need to work <sighs> on... Being quiet, or at the very least, not blowing our cover. Uh, I. Whew, you're lucky. I'm used to this. Did this work? Um, I'm gonna roll sensitivity focus. Are we being followed? Um, one success. No. I think we're in the clear. So we're not going back there. Well, that's another place that I've been uh, kicked out of forever, I suppose. Mm. The coefficient of friction on granite is high enough that it'll definitely make a noise perceptible by the human ear. Is what I was trying to tell you. You owe me some gold, Penelope. What's my what's my debt at now? A lot. Uh, can think... we keep walking, actually? Mm-hmm. All right. 
It is uh, it is afternoon by the time you guys make it back to town. I think I think we can settle on first the first thing that you owe all of us is you owe all of us a nice stiff drink, Penelope. This is on you. Mm. I that would be okay. <laughs> and at least two rounds because you did this twice. Twice? Yeah, I guess. Sorry, it's just it's the law of the sea. Fucking <laughs> <Okay>, what? <laughs> law of the sea. This is a bald faced lie, but I, I I've I've never really been seafaring. I don't do boats. I don't like boats, so I'm gonna understanding history with uh, one edge success to see if I know whether or not it's the law of the sea. I'll tell you this. If you take this one, Cobb's gonna get a free one on you later. I like that. Okay. This is Almost certainly the unspoken law of a certain kind of sea dog, <laughs> the kind that Cobb is. No, no, Red, he's right. All right. I flag down the barkeep and around for my friends. And when they're done, bring another. <laughs> and um, Clara excuses herself to step outside for a moment and then comes back in and sits back on the table and picks up her her drink in both hands. Here, I suppose... Well, it's not yours, but... And Cobb takes the book out and hands it over to Claire. (gasps) I suppose it's probably for the best if we, uh, at the very least, get a... I don't know. Maybe a handle on. And then as in a sort of like, the sort of cartoon, you know, hand aside mouth to the rest of the crew, how much we could wring out of Marcus for this thing. (laughs) <laughs> and she's just like her drink is forgotten she's immediately lost in it she's dead to the world well I was thinking we might only be able to get a cutter out of this thing but I don't know this might be schooner worthy so some time passes and eventually you are I mean noticed by I guess a familiar figure who looks at you and Blinks, Mister Mister Cobbler. Oh, Marcus! So good to see you. We've. Uh, how long have you been back? Uh, how long have we been drinking? Tissa counts on her fingers. Not that long. Oh. Yeah, just just got back. Just got back. Perfect timing. Again, bald face lie. So you found the ship then? Uh, well. Not quite. We found, and, and Cobb points over to, uh, to Clara. We found the Radiant Prince, and... Yeah, we found we trouble. found her, and then we found our way back here, and none of us are dead. I... We I, made I, it. I see that. You didn't tell us there was, a, there was a noble demon out there, Marcus. That's not very friendly of you. I, I was unaware... I didn't know. I read the map and I didn't know. I, I should have known, huh? I mean, that does look like the danger sign on the map. Um, but I'm, uh, I, I suppose I, I bear some responsibility for this somehow. Well, we'll put it on your tab. No, no, you know, I'm not starting this with you, Mr. Cobbler. <laughs> I'm not starting this with you. I will just buy you a drink right now. I know how this goes. <laughs> I 
I, I think we're a little past that. I'm, I want to see what Clara has to say about this book first. It takes a moment, and Marcus kind of just snaps at her, and she immediately just, like, snaps to attention and salutes and just like, come here, um, reporting for duty? And Marcus just kind of looks at her for a moment. Is it, is it as, as we suspected? And she just nods vigorously. Just all of her, just all of her hair is kind of everywhere. A couple strands find their way onto her face, just nodding furiously. So what was, um, this is uh, out of character. What was the ship that we were, that Marcus wanted us to find as well? I remember there was like, what kind of ship is it? Um, we're about, it is a, um, the ship that you saw was low to the water, made entirely out of metal. Oh, right. That well, weird ship. That we did, uh, we, did we actually see the ship? No, Penelope saw the ship. Penelope saw it from the air. Cobb doesn't want the weird ship. They can keep the weird ship. Well, <laughs> oh, um, it, it should be back by now. I had to fire a flare up. I had completely forgotten about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what kind of what kind of ships are you running these days, Marcus? And Cobb just kind of like sarcast like half sarcastically and half not sarcastically is shaking his head at Marcus. And Clara speaks up. It's an experimental icebreaker. It's got an extremely strong reinforced prow, and although its primary form of movement is oars, it can be supplemented by seam in order to generate the force necessary to break through large ice flows. Whoa. It's not even, it's not even a sailing vessel? It's not even a ship. It's some sort of weird rowboat you got out there, Marcus. Come on. Sounds cool, though. It's a eh, lot of like, I'm working on switching it to primarily being cold-powered. I'm working on it. Eh. As a, as a, you know, as a pirate and somewhat ship aficionado, Cobb is 100% not down for this weird metal <laughs> nonsense. Cobb is... For nerds. They, they, <laughs> the steam engine just doesn't, just doesn't hold the wind. It doesn't purr the way that a sailing ship does. <laughs> but it's, it's a bunch of big, dumb nonsense for big, dumb nerds. And Marcus kind of size so uh, I I just realized that 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 red took your your biscuit earlier today and I don't think that she's going to apologize but I'm sorry by the way that was maybe a little bit rude huh I took Thank what did that happen I mm-hmm. this morning when you set out ah yeah it's it's a thing that happens I guess hmm She's very grabby. I noticed, Clara says, and just gives you... That that totally passes over Penelope. She doesn't catch it. <laughs> but, and, and and sort of speaking of grabby, Cobb's kind of like, uh, grabs the book out from, from, from uh, Clara and sort of like dangles it in front of Marcus. So we recovered your engineer, and we recovered your book. I think this is worth at least a schooner. Commander, not to mention the noble demon thing. Look, I won't hold it against you. I'm just saying. I know you've got a couple in dry dock that haven't, you know, that that are maybe a little fixer upper. I'm just saying, I could take one of them off your hands. You got the, you got your fancy new ship, and you can put a fancy new crew on it with this thing. 
And he pauses. And I'm actually going to roll some dice. Oh, hey, he actually has that step. Unlike you guys. He pauses a moment and just kind of an, an inscrutable expression crosses over his dark eyes and he says, Clara, can you retrofit it to be sail powered? She blinks. Mm hmm. I mean, why? But, mm hmm. And then he looks back to you, Cobb. You're giving me the nerd ship? But it's going to be retrofitted. <sighs> look, 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 big guy. You step into port and you tell all the people about how cool this thing is. All right, well, I guess we're going to have to we're going to have to make it cool. But you're going to owe me for this one, Marcus. That's our next mission, making the ship cool. And Cobb will toss Marcus the book. I'm actually going to roll dice again. Oh, hey, he, he got some successes. He looks at you and says, pleasure doing business with you. And Cobb sort of raises one of, uh, raises his, his glass of, or mug or coconut or whatever, whatever we're drinking out of here. Pleasure. I think you've moved past mugs. I think we're in glasses territory right about now. Yeah, that seems about right. You know, the, the glasses around here are probably pretty, like, pretty, pretty? Oh, that's a terrible way to say it. But they're probably very good looking because, you know, volcanic glass and all that. Mm. Yeah. It's true. Good point. Yeah. And um, now that our uh, our friend has successfully rolled to tell a lie, it is time for memory time. Um, Who want go first? Penelope, why you got to do this? <laughs> why you do this? God, Penelope's the worst. Uh, I think I think actually it's not so much a memory as like a mental image of Tissa just being like oh my god as the roof collapses <laughs> just like what <laughs> Tissa hand in mouth was definitely <sighs> very beautiful Penelope why <laughs> so your memory is Penelope having a um a story with more things happening in it. <laughs> I do I do get the things. I, I do appreciate though the uh the sort of running gag that we're 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 tumbling into with Penelope and, and Cobb. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do like that. I like this. Um I was not sure whether or not to try to like counter roll against Marcus and then sort of the other questions, I'm not sure that if it would, like, even if I did counter roll, if it would mean anything to Tissa or not. So that kind of, so that, that ambiguity is something that I'm left with. That you decided not to roll to tell if he was lying? Yeah, I guess maybe. He's going to get away with so many lies. He's going to get away with a bunch of lies there. Because he has subtlety. Mm-hmm. All right. So this has been another episode of Sort of Symphonies, everybody. Um, you can find us on Twitter at PeachGardenRPGs. You can find our website at PeachGardenGames.com. You can find me and lots of other books, too, at your local library. But probably not because Penelope probably checked them out and forgot to return them. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Spilled soup all over them. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. Coffee more like. Just big old, just big old coffee, coffee ring. Hey, everybody, let us know on Twitter or maybe, no, don't even let us know. I want you sitting at home to think about what is the best library-themed version of a bowl in a china shop, except that it's something in a library? Oh, yeah. Like. Just ponder that. Ponder that. Tell your cat. (laughs) Sit cross-legged on a mountaintop until you really understand it. I mean, the answer is probably just moth larva, but. Guys, we've done worse outros than this, but this one's kind of bad. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye, audience.